0: Love Cold Radio.
1: From Lives in the Balance, the nonprofit organization committed to advocating on behalf of behaviorally challenging kids and their caregivers, this is Dr. Ross Green. Welcome to Collaborative Problem Solving at Home. I'm delighted that you were able to join in. This program airs live each Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern time during the school year. We explore a variety of topics aimed at helping you better understand and help your challenging child and implement the collaborative problem-solving approach at home. If you have a question or comment, call 347-994-2981. If you call in, you'll be muted until I bring you on the air. And now, let's talk about your challenging child and what we can do to help you Make things better. Well, hello there, and welcome to today's program, the last program of the year 2010. No, there will not be a program next week, December 21st, or the following week, December 28th, but then we will be back again, as always, on January 4th, with yet another rendition of our parents' panel. Uh, So something to look forward to in the new year, a good way to get the new year off to a good start. Um, but here we are today, um, and I'm um, delighted that you have chosen to spend a little time with me today to talk about challenging kids and how we can understand them better and how we can help them out better than we sometimes do now. But as always, these are your 45 minutes. Um, there's lots of stuff we talk about on this program. We already have a caller who I will be getting to momentarily. We always prioritize callers on this program, of course. Um, But uh, you know what we do on this program by now. We um, talk about uh, who challenging kids are and why they're challenging. We talk about when they're challenging. Uh, Those are unsolved problems. Why they're challenging, that's lagging skills. And then we talk about what we're going to do to try to help them better, and that's plan B. Uh, So if you're having... Trouble with any aspect of the collaborative problem solving approach. Uh, identifying your child's lagging skills, identifying in the most specific terms possible uh, unsolved problems, um, doing plan B, organizing the effort so you know what you're working on and you know what you're not working on, uh, getting other folks to use collaborative problem solving, um, whether that's the folks at school or the grandparents or the co parent or the football coaches. Uh, Well, this is your opportunity to call in, comment, ask questions, get the support you need. None of it costs a thing. It's all brought to you by Lives in the Balance, the nonprofit I founded, to advocate on behalf of challenging kids and their parents, teachers, and other caregivers. If you're not the calling in type, you have two options. You can listen to what's going on with others who are using the collaborative problem-solving approach, uh, or you can uh, send me an email. Uh, electronically through the contact form on the Lives in the Balance website. That's www.livesinthebalance.org. And if you uh, are the calling in type, and we already have somebody who's the calling in type. I'm about to take their call. If you're the calling in type, that number is 347-994-2981. Now, I've got a big stack of um, questions to answer by email here as well, but um, let's – take our caller first and see what they have on their minds. This is not a um, set-up call. I don't have any idea who's calling here, but it's from area code 812. Uh, You're on the air. How are you today?
2: Good. How are you?
1: I am well. So just a few uh, preludes before you uh, start talking. Don't use any identifying information or names. And aside from area code 812, we have absolutely no idea where you are. Uh, What's on your mind today?
2: Well, I called in in quotes 2 weeks ago asking for help drilling with my 4-year-old daughter. She Got it. Been, yep, she had been spontaneously telling me that circle time is hard, boring, and my efforts to drill for information weren't going anywhere. You suggested I enlist the teacher's help, which I tried. Um my conversation with her began via email. And she said that she's been using collaborative problem solving for many years. Um but her subsequent comments and reactions made me think that she might think she's using collaborative problem mm. solving. But I was I was seeing and hearing a lot of unilateral problem solving going on. So well, our well, yeah? go
1: ahead, yep. Yeah.
2: Our our eventual meeting was productive only in that it established that we both, you know, want to help. <laughs> um, the circle time issue for now is in hibernation. Uh, without a clear understanding of my daughter's concerns, we've the best I could do for her was ask, "What can you do when it's hard?" Which really isn't going to get us anywhere. But this is you hey, asking
1: your daughter what she can do when it's hard.
2: Right. I mean, maybe she can start generating something even if she can't really articulate what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, But other issues continue to pop up, and I found her, when I went to pick her up the other day, I found her sitting in a chair in the hallway, and as with most situations, she was holding it together until she saw me Mm -hmm. and started screaming and crying and So long story short, my husband and I have decided to take things day by day right now. She enjoys school more than she doesn't, and she wants to go most mornings, but we have an exit strategy in place, and since preschool is entirely optional, it involves homeschooling. Mm -hmm. But what we've been asking ourselves, and, you know, this is where a conversation with you I'm hoping is illuminating is, What is our behavior communicating if we put her in a situation where the adults charged with her care aren't responsive to her needs? And in this case, she needs a different kind of discipline. And I know it's not straightforward. There's a lot of subtleties involved. But we're going to start selling the idea of homeschooling because it's not something we would do without having her on board. Um, That said, how do we go about communicating our concerns to our daughter, things like we're afraid she's going to learn might makes right, children don't count, no one's going to ever help you with your out-of-control behavior, they just want you to be convenient. Um, These are things that I'm afraid if she repeated them at school, since she has no filters, um, could really make her situation worse. So any thoughts or guidance would be most appreciated.
1: Well, number one, I thank you for calling in, and um, you're in a bit of a pickle because um, no one wants to send their kid into a situation in which they feel that their kid is not understood and in which they feel their kid is going to be treated in ways that are not ideal, aren't going to solve the problem, uh, in which the problem isn't even well understood in the first place. No one wants to do that. So, um, but I guess I have a few questions before we. Uh, and uh, no one wants to walk into a building and see their kid sitting in a chair in the hallway. And of course, there's people who walk in the, into buildings and see much worse than that. Um, but I was I was just um, who was I just talking to? I was just talking to some uh, some people who I supervise in their use of collaborative problem solving. And one of the points we were talking about is. Um, how often the kid's behavior is interpreted as uh, reflective of characteristics of the kid, when in fact, while it may well be reflective of some characteristics of the kid, so often a child's behavior is simply letting us know something is not right in my environment, and this is how I'm expressing that something's wrong, and believe me, If I had the tools to go about responding in a different way, I would. And also, believe me, if I had the tools to go about fixing this so that I didn't find myself in this situation anymore, I would do it. Mm -hmm. Lots of times kids' challenging behavior tells us exactly that. Mm -hmm. But I guess here's my question. sounds like you and the teacher in your meeting uh, came to a consensus on at least one thing. You're eager to help. Mm -hmm. Yes? The question is how to start moving things in that direction, because it sounds like um you know taking things day by day um, actually doesn't appeal to me greatly because what's going to happen is what we might call the ping pong ball effect, where on days where things go okay we're going to think things are okay, and on days when things don't go so okay we're going to think things aren't so okay, mm-hmm. but the lagging skills and unsolved problems that I'm assuming are coming into play for your daughter um, aren't day-to-day. It, the, the reason her difficulties might feel like they're day-to-day is because she's going to exhibit challenging behavior in conditions where the lagging skills are being demanded, but they may not be being demanded every day. And so she's day-to-day means good days and bad days, but I'm... Um, I'm not content with that for your daughter, who, of course, I've never met, because I think the lagging skills and unsolved problems that are setting in motion whatever she's doing that's putting her out in the hall, and, of course, as we discussed in one of the recent programs, sticking a kid out in the hallway doesn't teach any lagging skills nor solve any problems. It just gets it just tables it until you let the kid back in the classroom again. I know. But, but I guess now we understand why when she saw you, she started crying. Um what i do if i felt like i wasn't being well understood in an environment and was being stuck out in the hallway because my difficulties weren't being well understood but that to me isn't necessarily saying okay pull the trigger on homeschooling because they'll never get it at school i'm actually heartened by the fact that um the teacher and you agree that your daughter needs help and that you're both interested in making sure that that happens so far so good
2: so far, so good. I, um, I, Going about this is tricky. She allotted me, <laughs> I, I actually emailed you the email string on this <laughs> because so often we parents have things to say and the poor teacher isn't there to give her side <laughs> of the story. And um, she gave me 15 minutes I had hoped that we could have since she said she does CPS, that we could have a Plan B discussion with my daughter right there, and the reaction was pretty much uh, CPS formal wording. Oh, we we don't need that. Um, and I did try going in with the Alsip.
1: Ah, uh, that's what I was going to recommend.
2: Yeah, no. So it. Um,
1: so what was her
2: response to is-
1: looking at lagging skills?
2: Poo-poo, she's just immature. She needs time to uh,
1: grow up. Uh, I know,
2: I know. So you're telling me time is the only solution here? Well,
1: well no, apparently there's another one, and that's sticking her out in the hallway, which, of course, is a wonderful uh, uh, tool for enhancing mat- maturation. Know.
2: And every interaction. I mean, I'm trying to gently introduce these concepts because she, she bites at school, and
3: hmm?
2: and I always ask, I'll, you know, I'm so sorry. Is everyone okay? Did the kids get a chance to say what they needed to say? And they look at me like I'm crazy. And and then, you know, I always begin with the victim because I don't want them to think, well, I'm always coming down on my daughter's side. I'm like, did so-and-so get a chance to say, you know, that he didn't like that? Well, he cried. And so I get reasons like, well, they just don't have the words. And I'm thinking, well, did you give them the words? And, you know, to gently introduce these concepts of, okay, let's shift away from immature to, well, what does that mean to you? Okay, that means X, Y, and Z to me. We can help her with this, okay. And I just, instead, it's turned into she's co opted the language, let's figure it out. And what that really means is, mom, tell her what to do and go home and practice it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm really up against. Um, a wall here. There's good intentions on both sides, but I don't know how to change your lenses.
1: <laughs> well, and I don't know either. When I'm trying to change people's lenses, I'm often listening as they're talking mm-hmm. for um, what I'm going to use strategically to try to persuade them.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But when I bump up against um, it's just immaturity, I often have to ask for details. Mm hmm. Um yes, I understand, but my daughter isn't her immaturity is not getting in her way full time.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Her her immaturity and I might throw in a or whatever we want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um and there's there's another direction we can go in here, but let's let's see this one through. Um I- under what conditions is my daughter's immaturity particularly a problem? And now what I'm shooting for are unsolved problems. Right. Well, her immaturity is a problem during circle time. Her immaturity, okay, circle times an unsolved problem. Good, I got that. Her immaturity is a problem on the playground? Oh, good. What's going on on the playground? Well, when she's swinging on the swing all by herself, she's fine, but when she wants to join in on a game the other kids are playing, she often forces her way in. Of course, I don't know your daughter I'm making all of this up. She often forces her way in Ah, so joining in on a game of others is an unsolved problem. So sometimes I have better luck getting people to talk about these specific conditions. And then I might loop around back to immaturity, which is the word that is being used, and I might say, now help me understand what you mean by immaturity. Do you mean that my kid is – in other words – well, let me finish the sentence. Do you mean that my kid is – lagging behind a bit on skills that some other kids have mm-hmm. and it would help me greatly if i knew what specific skills you were referring to there in other words sometimes um i don't sort of um i don't lead with collaborative problem solving per se
3: mm. i
1: lead with help me understand when mm-hmm. because when people are going to be able to talk about often more easily and some people not so easily because when is not something that they're able to be so specific about but i find that i often have more success on when than on why which is lagging skills but the teacher has actually given some thought to why and the leading explanation at the moment from what i'm hearing is immaturity and and immaturity is you know, not horrendous. It's better than I'll take immaturity over. It's because you guys don't discipline her well enough. It's at home. I'll take, you know, I'll take immaturity because at least <coughs> immaturity we have the potential for talking about what skills are immature. But if all we're doing is blaming the folks at home, then that, that's a little bit larger of a task to um, to overcome. So I just wonder if the teacher might be able to be more specific on because all immaturity means is. Immature skills, okay. otherwise immaturity really has no meaning. Immature right. developmental I, skills. Go ahead, sorry.
2: And I did, I did ask her, I'm like, well, immature, how do you how, how do you see her as immature? And so I did get from her, you know, food choices, so there's problems at snack time.
1: Okay, now <laughs> food choices and snack time would be an unsolved problem. Keep going.
2: Exactly. So I, I did get a couple of unsolved problems for, from her, so now how do I get her sort of moving into solving these? Because we got the... A little list. I'm sure it's not exhaustive, but a little list of unsolved problems.
1: A little list is a good place to start.
2: It's a good place to start, but then how do I move it to? Her response to that was: So if you go home and do this, that will just make it all disappear.
1: <laughs> well, you're going to need her for part of it. Yeah. But and prefer. But the truth is, if the teacher. And by the way, there's mm-hmm. lots of folks out there who say they're doing collaborative problem solving then we actually have to listen to what they're actually doing. And sometimes we find that people who say they're doing it, their problem-solving, as you said, isn't even remotely collaborative. It's uh, distinctly unilateral. And, of course, that's plan A.
2: I know. Uh, We regress all the time, and we're trying really hard.
1: Yeah. So, of course. Um, Well, one question is, you don't need the teacher for the entirety of plan B. You can do the empathy step just with your daughter.
3: Okay.
1: So if you've got some specific unsolved problems to inquire about, you can do the empathy step. Where and just for the sake of our listeners, where you're gathering information so as to understand your daughter's concern or perspective. Um, and in the in the in the example of you, that you gave of a specific unsolved problem, snack time.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And I've noted and it sounds like you're, you you know how to do plan B. But for the sake of our listeners, it would start with I've heard that sometimes snack time. Um, is a little hard at school. What's up? And now we are gathering information from your daughter on that, right? The thing that we're going to need the teacher for is the um, define the problem step, probably, um, and most assuredly the invitation where we're brainstorming potential solutions, But I'm just wondering, and I don't know if it will work out, but I'm just wondering if you do the empathy step with your daughter on the unsolved problems that you've now got some specificity on, and you then email the teacher and say, listen, I had a uh, great conversation with my daughter about um, snack time and about the other one or two unsolved problems that you told me about, Um, and I gathered some really good information from her that I think will be really uh, helpful as we try to solve these problems so that the challenging behavior doesn't occur during those times. But um, for me to see the solution all the way through, it would be really helpful for us three to get together so we could talk about it a little bit. And at that point, I think you're going to find out whether you have um, someone who you can work with.
2: Okay. Um, how? What's a good way to prepare the teacher um, for the realities of Plan B, I tried. I tried emailing the link to the videos. <laughs>
3: <but> yes,
2: <laughs> she's not uh, understanding that this is, you know, intermittent <laughs> and lengthy <laughs> at times. Um, because my previous attempt to get a meeting got me, you know, a 15-minute slot and I'm thinking, okay, there's a pretty big problem and you want to do it all in 15 minutes? Okay. So, well, how that, do I prepare
4: her for that?
1: Well, you're right that um may say um, that and the truth is there's no she may say she's doing collaborative problem solving, but if you're right, she's really not all that aware of what doing plan B entails or the rationale behind it then she may not be especially clued in to what the process would look like. And if she hasn't watched the videos that you sent her the links to from the Lives in the Balance website, then she's definitely not going to know. But um, you may not have to see Plan B all the way through in that first meeting.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So I think you can say to her, listen, here's how we solve problems at home. Once again, I'm not sure you have to sort of lead with collaborative problem-solving You can lead with, here's how we've been solving problems with my daughter at home. We get a good sense about what she's telling us is getting in her way, her concern or perspective on a given unsolved problem. Then we let her know what our concern or perspective is, and then we put our heads together to find a solution that will work for both of us. Mm -hmm. I've gotten some really great information from my daughter, but now um, I'm, I'm not real clear on what to say for your concern And I feel that if we're going to brainstorm together, it's going to be hard for me to come up with a solution that doesn't involve you. Uh, Can we get together and see as far as we can go here, right? And, Mm -hmm. you know, you may only get 15 minutes again, but at the end of those 15 minutes, it may be, number one, you may get something solved in those 15 minutes.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: You might. You know, you never know how long Plan B is going to take. You can hope. But that's right, and and you you clearly will be the person who is guiding the process here. yes, it would be great if it was the teacher guiding the process, but I'm not that picky about who is going to help people do collaborative problem solving, especially early in the process, so long as it's being done.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: At the end of fifteen minutes, we're finding where we're at on that particular unsolved problem, and we are coming up with a plan for where to go from here, and that actually sounds to me you'd be the better judge because you're in the thick of it, but sounds to me like that would actually be moving the process forward if in the next 15 minutes you, your daughter, and the teacher were putting your heads together um, to think about potential solutions. So long as the teacher knew what the ingredients of the second two steps are so that it didn't start devolving into plan A in the midst of you all doing plan B. Mm Mm-hmm. That's the only one thing I'd want to make sure the teacher was clear about um, is that plan B doesn't involve imposition of adult will. It involves let's find out what the kid's concern or perspective is, let's find out what your concern or perspective is, and then let's come up with a solution that we're both good with that addresses both of our concerns. Um, You've got an adventure ahead. (laughs) You bet. And And you know what? I really
2: appreciate your help.
1: My pleasure. This this is the last program of 2010, but uh, feel free to call in and give us an update on how things are going um, because you got my curiosity up now and probably everybody else is listening, too. Good luck.
2: I I will. Thanks. Take care.
1: Thanks. Bye-bye. So we have two other callers here, and so we may not get to email today. We'll find out. But um, we've got a caller. The only thing I do here is identify the area code. Uh, The first caller who is next in line is from area code 617. Uh, You're on the program live. How are you today?
0: Hi, can you hear me?
1: I can hear you fine. It sounds like you're on your cell phone.
0: Yes, I am.
1: No Um, worries. Let's see how this works. Go ahead.
0: Okay, I can actually make this better
1: by getting off Bluetooth. How's that? Is that better? That is better. Okay. Once again, as I say to everybody who calls in, no names, no identifying information. we know your area code, but we don't know anything else. What's up okay, um Dr. Green, I emailed you recently, and you actually emailed me back this morning.
0: so this is in regard to my thirteen year old daughter who is going to a private school right now, and Remember the email ha- will okay, having a tough go with it um. Yes. She's, uh, she's a very uh, very smart kid, but, uh, you know, I've tried to, in fact, last night we tried the Plan B, so we sat down, we actually got her to a, a therapy session for the first time, and um, we, uh, from that session, we got that, you know, we need to listen to her a little bit more according to the therapist, which kind of really speaks to the Plan B um, approach. But anyway, so when we got home she was ready to, you know, talk and talking with her sometimes you you know, devolved into her kinda of yelling at me and me just listening. But it kinda of went like this where I said, Okay, honey, you know, tell me what is it about the school you don't like. I just hate it that. I hate it. I don't want to go there anymore and then, you know, little by little she'd give me examples of what she hates. Um Okay, you know, good. Things like, you know, uh her friend came out of the class, and uh, somebody made a bad comment about um, the students that get financial aid to go there, and the teachers didn't seem to be concerned about it, and you know, so she's given me that kind of information, and I said, okay, well, you know, I can see how there are, are definitely some some people and some kids that have some views that we don't agree with, um, you know, so I'm getting little bits of that kind of information, but nothing that really adds up to. I want, you know, I I really don't want to go to this really, by the way, it's a very good school, and go back to... um, And and don't name the school. (laughs) No, I won't. Um, You know, nothing, nothing that she says adds up, you know, like there's no bullying that I can see is going on. According to her advisors, she's doing well socially but not academically. She's just not really applying herself academically. And, I mean, I think it's just basically a case of, You know, her missing her old friends, missing her old school. You know, she went to the public school where we live for seven years, um, and she's having a terrible adjustment period here. Um, You know, so now she's kind of saying, I never wanted to go here. I hate the teachers. I hate the kids. And she's just coming up with a bunch of reasons why she doesn't want to go. So I guess my, my problem, my problem with the whole thing, my concern is, and I put this out there for her, I said I understand how you feel you hate it and that is actually, you know, a terrible situation. I tried to be as empathetic as possible. I said but my concern is um I want you to get the best education as possible and I'm just not really happy with the public school system in our town, you know. Um how can we compromise? She she there's, there's nothing. She 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 won't I threw a few suggestions on the table. Give this a full year, give it your best shot, and if still by the end of the year you don't like it, you know, you can go back. Or we can at least look at some other schools. So we're kind of stuck in that, that, you know, putting the solutions on the table because she's only got one solution in her head, and that's going back to um, public school.
1: Well, um, so here's, once again, I would I would need to know the situation a little bit better than I do but um one of the things that I'm hearing uh, and I'm I'm listening carefully for what her concerns might be and one of the things I would say is it doesn't sound like she is just finding things not to like about the school because one of the things you said was um she's her, her the people at school and let's let's pretend that they are objective for the time being are saying that she's doing okay socially, but she's not doing so okay academically. Correct. Right. And what's coming out of her mouth is she hates the teachers, she hates the schools, she hates the kids. So I don't know if she hates the kids. Maybe the reason that it looks like she's doing well socially is because she's faking it. I don't know. Kids fake yeah. it. But but then they don't necessarily fake it when they get home because then they don't have to fake it anymore. They're home. Right. But. It it sounds to me like she is, as you're saying, having a very difficult adjustment. But I just—I don't want to be dismissive of what she's saying, and I don't know if you're being dismissive or not. But um, I don't know that we're ready to talk about solutions yet. To tell you the truth, Um, I think that there is more drilling to be done, and we do have some hints about just from her teachers, let alone from her. We do have right. some hints about what's getting in her way, because um, one of the most important things I heard from you, and my bet is that there's other important things to be heard, is that even the folks at school feel that she's not necessarily doing so well academically. So irrespective of what a great school this is, and irrespective of, you know, and it's great that you wanted to get the best education possible, and it's find that you have some concerns about the public school in your area and the degree to which it even comes close to stacking up to this particular private school. If your daughter is feeling like there has really been a dramatic sea change in her capacity to do well academically, mm-hmm. and, and I wouldn't even dismiss her concerns about the kids. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's apparently she has friends in the public school, and she's gone to a school... Uh, Here, a private school where she doesn't necessarily know anybody, the big question is, and the reason I'm saying we're not ready for solutions yet, is because I don't know if, quote-unquote, sticking it out for the remainder of the year is going to address her concerns. And if she feels that it's not, this might be the equivalent of saying, um, let me just think of a good analogy here, Um, I hate warm weather, I hate humidity. And let's say I'm living in South Florida where uh, during the summer and it's deadly hot, right? And somebody said to me, you know what, just hang in there for another 6 months or so, see if you can see if it gets better, right? Well, maybe it would get better because then it was winter, and I heard on the weather this morning that it was warmer in Caribou, Maine than it is in South Florida this morning, but that's not typically the case. Um right. I don't know. So maybe your daughter is aware of what's going to work for her and what's not. But I feel like it's not going to be – we can't start talking about solutions until we have a better grip, in more specific terms, using the information that we're getting about what her concerns are and why she really feels that this particular school isn't going to work for her. So I wouldn't move to solutions so fast is one piece of advice. Because the solutions – go ahead. I was gonna say I, I have gotten a lot
0: more over I mean, could. we've had many talks, I've gotten a lot Great. more and I mean I can make a, a list of you know, it it runs the gamut from she doesn't like the kids, they're they're rich and they're snobby, um and they look you know, they look down on people that don't have money. She, she, she doesn't have like the,
1: there. Yeah, <laughs> she, she
0: doesn't like the fact that she has she's required to do a sport. You know, because she, th- at that point, she doesn't get home until 5 o'clock, and then she has two or three hours of homework, and she doesn't have a life anymore. That's legitimate another, concern? <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. Um, and then, you know, she uh, she says that – and uh, the other concern, I don't know if you'd call this concern, but she is a very good little lawyer, so she makes a good argument like, you know what, Dad, this particular – the town that we live in, we'll, we'll just call it um, Smithville – uh, it's not existing, but um, Smithville is in Massachusetts, and we have the best schools in the country. And so even if it's ranked relatively low within the group of Massachusetts schools, it's still one of the best schools in the country because we live in a state that has the best schools. So you, you're you not being fair in your comparison to the Smithville public schools versus the private school. Um so she makes the argument that she's going to get a really good education by going back to the public school you know so okay. she's uh, she, she's looking for to make arguments um for going back to this school um you know so those, uh, by the way
1: even even then when she's talking about going back to school now going back to the local public school, even she is now talking about solutions already yeah and well that's my um her
0: solution though that's my pro she here's here's my, I guess I don't want to call it an emergency, but here's why it's sort of it, it's it's uh, unnerving to me to me and to my wife because she has kind of promised, and it's pretty much happening, that she's going to do pro- poorly on purpose because it's her only way to get us to listen to her uh, and give her her way. So she's not handing in a. In fact, I just got an email from one of her teachers saying that she didn't hand in two assignments. She was late today for God knows maybe the 30th time this year, Um, she's even at times refused to get out of bed and go to school, and that's like twice this year. So, you know, it's gotten pretty serious in those terms. And so, like, I I don't want to say I don't want to wait around for a solution, but I'm kind of in sort of an emergency mode here with, like, what do I do? Do I just give in, plan C, and let her go back and then figure out what her issues are? Or plan A, you do this or else? Or, you know, I mean, plan B might... I don't know what to, you know what I'm saying? I'm
1: just kind of like – Well, I I think you want to do plan B. Um, Plan C isn't giving in. Plan C is saying you're not even going to be working on this right now, and that doesn't sound like an option. It sounds like plan A um, is not necessarily going to be your option of first choice because, number one, you don't want your daughter to be miserable, and number two, although it doesn't sound like you have a pattern here of school refusal – But the reality is, Plan A blows your daughter's concerns off the table. And it sounds to me like your daughter has legitimate concerns. And while this is a chicken and egg issue, while your daughter may now be doing things, and while it may be true that she's now doing things to make it look like school's not going to work out for her, I have to assume that the reason she's doing that is because the legitimate concerns she has about the school she's at now aren't being addressed at the moment. So right. if you're doing plan A, she's saying, and she's not saying this exactly, but she's saying, if you're going to impose your will on me and go, make me go to a place that makes me miserable, then I'm going to impose your, my will on you and let you know that the place you're making me go that's making me miserable, this is not going to work. This is why, quite frankly, and that's called a power struggle. Exactly. So plan C is not an option, especially since plan C isn't giving in. Plan C is saying, we're just tabling this one right now. Uh, plan B, I, I would need to hear more about her concerns. Uh, I think I have a decent understanding of your concerns. Uh, but I, I know the school that she goes to, and it uh, is setting you back a pretty penny. And uh, yes. they're unlikely to give you that money back for the remainder of the year, so you're going to be out a reasonable amount of money, nonetheless. And that's probably an important concern, but it sounds like your more important concern is you want your daughter to get the most out of her education. Right. If the place you've chosen for her to get the most out of her education isn't working out for her. Um, We need a solution to that problem. Now, at the moment, the only two solutions that are under consideration are stick it out or switch schools. Because her concerns are not terribly well understood at the moment, though, and we we don't unfortunately have time to – we don't have time here because I want to take one more call before we're done. So I want to let our caller from area code 415 know that we're probably going to run out of time before we get to you today. But let's finish up this one first and I'll get to our caller from area code 705. Um, uh, Unless I know enough about her concerns, I'm not going to know what array of potential solutions are options. I know that, what she's thinking right now is solution. I'm going back to school with my friends in the public school. Your solution, stick it out for another year, then we'll see where we stand. That's mm-hmm. a very narrow range of solutions, and I fear that the solutions are narrow. The range of solutions that are under consideration are narrow, because we need to hear, or at least I would need to hear. sounds like you've heard more that we don't have time to get into here. Are there solutions that would address her concerns besides those two? I don't know. Uh, at the moment, we've only got two under consideration, and both of those make me feel like um, we don't understand her concerns well enough to know whether there's other solutions that might possibly work. I mean, I I, I can list more than I have told
0: you. I mean, there's at least twenty. She's <laughs> got a lot of concerns. You know, uh, one that just came to my mind was that I am. Some of them are really kind of unreasonable. I have to admit. Sort of, you know, this. Eighth grade for me now, because she's in eighth grade. Eighth grade for me now is the time where I, my last opportunity to spend time with these friends of mine, because they're all going to different um, high schools, and I'm never going to see them again. And this, you know, you kind of pulled me away from them by making me go here. No, and you know, and this is, you know, that's one of twenty or twenty-five different reasons why she just wants to escape this private school and
1: and go well, back. Well, here's the interesting thing. So long as we say that the 20 or 25 concerns she has. And this is what I mean by being dismissive. So long as what we're saying is that she's coming up with these 20 or 25 just so she can go back to pri- to her public school, we are dismissing her concerns. Mm-hmm. And she's going to dig in because she's feeling like her concerns are not being taken seriously. Okay. I need more empathy. Um, so well, it it's it's not Viewing her putting concerns on the table as merely her way of saying, I want out. If she was loving the school, she wouldn't want out. If she didn't have the concerns that she has about the school, she wouldn't want out. So this is like, which come, I don't want to put the cart before the horse. She wants out because she has legitimate concerns. She doesn't have legitimate concerns because she wants out. Unfortunately, we have to stop there for today. Good luck. Okay. I hope that, that's, that this has been helpful.
0: Thanks, Dr. Green. I appreciate
1: it. bet. We have uh, probably time for one more call, and probably not even time for that, but here we go. We're going to roll the dice here on area code 705. Um, hello and welcome to the program, but we only have four minutes left. What's up?
4: Hi there, Dr. Green. You've uh, I've written a couple times, and you've addressed my emails on your show a couple times in the past already. Um I'm the mother of a uh, 3 and 5 year old boys and my 5 year old is the one that has been the biggest concern although truth be told my 3 year old is um ramping up as well. Um I think at this point my main concern um is finding out how to talk so that so that my 5 year old will continue to talk. Um we've tried doing the the collaborative problem solving approach several times. Um we've done it Proactively, we've done it in emergency situations. We've we've tried it all over the place. Um, when asked to speak to us, my five-year-old will typically start playing with toys. We'll find anything to do. Um, I've seen the videos. I've tried. I've tried saying, "Oh, it looks like you're really giving this some thought." And typically, we just get a response: him looking up questioningly and saying, "What?" <laughs> um, it seems that he doesn't want to engage in these conversations. Um, well, no, I'm not sure I've reached
1: that conclusion.
4: It it feels like it, um, and and it may not be true, but yeah, yeah. Um, so here's the
1: deal. Here's here's what I'd like you to do. Since we th- this is going to take a while. Mhm. Here's be- because we're about to be out of time, um, and otherwise we would spend a meaningful amount of time on this. What I'd like you to do is, um, can you email me what it is that you're trying to talk with him about, how you're starting Plan B, what words you're using, what unsolved problems you're trying to address with him. Because the fact that he's five years old doesn't even come close to qualifying him for not being able to participate in Plan B. Five No. Even three often is not a a major disqualifier. A lot of people sometimes have trouble believing that, but it's true. Um, Give me a little bit more information, and then here's what we're going to do. It's two weeks until the next program, but we're going to take you as the first. Ah, Wait a minute. That's going to be our parents' panel. Um, I'll do my best to respond by email to your questions and what you have going on, but Mm -hmm. we'll make you the first caller on January 11th and I know that's a very long way off, which is why I'll try to respond to your to what's going on by email first. But let me know how you're trying to go about doing this, what the conditions are, um, when you're trying to do Plan B with him, and try to write down as explicitly as possible what you're saying and the unsolved problems that you're trying to work on, and as explicitly as possible any response that he's giving. And let's try really hard not to take the – Point of view that he doesn't want to do this, but that there's something about doing this that is hard for him, and we need to figure out what that is. Sound like a plan? Yep. And I'll do my darndest to respond by email in some intelligent way. The difficulty with email and the benefit of doing it this way is I can ask you questions and get information, and that's a little bit more (laughs) difficult by email. So if that's okay with you, that'll be our plan for now, and then we'll see um, if I can help you by email, and if I can't, by golly, we'll do it on the next time we have a radio program. Sound okay oh, to great. you?
4: Sounds good. I appreciate that.
1: Good. Thank you for calling in. Thank you. And I'm I'm sorry to say we are now out of time for today. Um, thank you, all of those of you who called in, um, all of you who are listening, in. holidays can be a difficult time if you have a challenging kid at home, but um, I hope Your holidays are wonderful, and I look forward to spending more time with you in the year 2011. Um, Have a very pleasant holiday season. Talk to you next year.